it's one of those journeys that you can start out on and you can feel so enthusiastic initially or absolutely terrified. And today I want to help you decide if really and truly you have the rider and the trainer skills necessary to work with your horse alone and to get a successful result for both of you. Okay, let's dive in. Hey there, my name is Lorna Leeson and welcome to the Daily Strides podcast. I'm an equestrian trainer and coach and I help riders who are trying to go it alone with their horse to help them understand things a little bit more so that they can communicate those things to their horse in a way that makes sense. Okay, so I want to help you make that decision if you really and truly are ready to train or retrain your own horse, okay? Because, you know, let's face it, it can be a little bit of a daunting goal to set, okay? And not only do you have to be able to do it, you also have to be able to commit to following through on it, which I feel is really, really, really important. So first and foremost, okay, if you are kind of thinking about this, you're considering it, I think that you need to have basic independent aids. And, you know, it can be the most obvious, okay? Like, obviously, obviously, Lorna, we need the owl independent aids, hey? But you know what? I think that sometimes there's many newbie riders and there can be this kind of enthusiasm that can maybe a little bit, you know, mask and, and overshadow what you can actually realistically do when it comes to working with your horse and when it comes to your skills in the saddle. And I'm not saying now you have to be the world's greatest rider, okay? That's not what I'm talking about at all. But I do think having those basic independent aids that you can, you know, hold your own posture, your position and your balance, quote unquote, most of the time, okay? And really importantly, that whenever there is a little bit of a whoops moment, you're actually able to regain all of the above quietly and quickly, okay? I think that when we talk about independent aids, you know, obviously there's this whole communication that if you can use your aids properly, okay, that is going to make it just so much easier for you to communicate and for your horse to understand. But I also think that it's the balance and everything. And I would say that your aids and your balance and just being independent with them is first and foremost the most important prerequisite if we want for actually working with and training your own horse okay now the second key piece that I think riders need to make sure that they have okay a skill that they have and this is a skill because you can learn it and you can practice and you can improve it is humility patience and compassion okay you are going to have days where you will feel frustrated and where you will feel irritated okay and this is both with the horse and also yourself okay so and I think that we need to first of all understand that there's nothing wrong when those feelings show up look they are what they are they're there okay but it's how you actually respond to them that becomes really really important and this is I feel an important element when you're stepping into this role as the trainer you see when you're able to approach any of these challenges that can show up from this place of you know compassion and you know, practiced patience, okay, you are going to be able to get a quicker result in the long term. 
and it's going to be a more long-term result. I see that many riders, they will jump in and they'll kind of react to something. They're feeling all the feelings. They'll jump in and they'll do something really quick and yeah, they might get a quick win or they'll get over it or they'll kind of get over the hump if you want, okay? But long-term, they have not in any shape or form dealt with the issue. And I think that when we're looking at long-term results, which is what you're going to be looking for if you're stepping into this role of trainer for your horse, you need to have these three components and be able to say oh hold on and and this is why I put the humility in there maybe it's me maybe I'm not actually explaining this correctly or maybe there's a better way I could explain this you know it's a conversation it's a two-way street so it's going to take both of you to get onto the same page in order for that conversation to happen and having the humility to say Huh, maybe it's my communication style, which is lacking here, okay? That's a really, really important factor when you're doing this. Okay, so the third big thing that I think riders, when they're considering if they have the necessary skills to become the trainer or the, the retrainer, the trainer who retrains, that's a better way of saying that, um, for their horse is going to be self-awareness. And this is where you're able to catch yourself in a situation and question what you're doing, how you're doing it, and maybe why you're doing it, okay? When you step into that role of full-time trainer for your horse, it can be so easy just to focus on the horse. Like, you'll you'll give all your thoughts and your attention, your focus to the horse. What is the horse doing? How is the horse improving? What's going wrong? What's going right? What needs work? What doesn't, okay? But I do think that you too are on a journey and it's important to remember that. You're also learning and you're developing and you're growing as a rider. And as your horse's overall development is going to be very much tied to your own, well, it makes sense that you have enough awareness to be able to see, first of all, both perspectives and also to be able to understand and to notice where there's maybe lacking a little bit like, oh, you know what? I could do a little bit of work there. I could find out a little bit more about that or hmm, clearly this way is not working. I need to find a different way to do that. That is really, really, really important, okay? I think that when we also as riders can really, and this almost seems like counterintuitive, but when we can really get into our own bodies and feel what is going on, okay? So when we're really, we have that presence, we have the presence of mind, but also the physical presence when we're there and we can, yeah, okay, I can feel that, I can feel this, it actually allows us to not only feel, but to respond to your horse's responses so much more, okay? And again, it seems like, almost like, but how could you do that if you're focusing on yourself? But it does. When you focus on yourself, you can actually really tap in then to the horse and it all comes down to that self-awareness. And I do feel that's what um, training is all about. Okay, so the fourth thing, this is not really a skill, hey, but I do think it's essential, so I want to mention it because remember I said that all that that all consuming enthusiasm that can just like, oh, you know, who cares? I don't need that. No, you do. Okay. And that is facilities and resources. Okay. Now I think that um, you need, like, it's not, it's not like this would be a nice thing to have. No, 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 no. This is essential. You need somewhere suitable to actually work your horse. Okay. You are going to become so frustrated when you are trying to 
maybe follow a plan or you're trying to become consistent or you're trying to make a difference, a positive difference in how the horse is going and you don't have anywhere to train, that it's just not working out for you, okay? Now, I don't think you need anything fancy, but I do think you need like a flat-ish, ish is important, okay, space that has good footing, okay? And you know, how big the space is, well, we could debate about that all day, but I think if we went like absolute minimum being a 20 by 40 meter space, so small dressage arena, I think that from there, you're going to be able to do so much more. And the good footing is key on that, okay? Like 20 by 40 meters and the ground is like concrete or 20 by 40 meters in an absolute mud patch, they won't work, okay? So you need to think carefully about this. now. Obviously, if we're talking about facilities and resources, it goes without saying that good and good fitting and comfortable and safe tack and equipment are also essential. And also time. Okay, like if we're talking about your resources, time is a resource. And I think that many riders can a little bit fall into the trap of thinking that if they keep their horse at home or if they maybe save some money by boarding at a barn that, you know, might be closer by but doesn't have as many facilities, that they're going to somehow be on a winner. Like, we're going to win. I don't know. I think that you do need to have the proper equipment and tools to train your horse. And if that means that you have to drive further, but only have maybe two sessions a week, but they're quality sessions, I think that that is a better way of looking at this. Um, It's really, really important to think about this when we're talking about your horse. And of course, you know, going back to the previous episode where we were talking about that whole time versus money and what you're willing to invest with your horse, this would also be part of that. Um, knowing what you have to invest and then kind of figuring out, are you willing to invest it as well? Okay, and the fifth and final skill you need when you are thinking about training your own horse, okay, or retraining your own horse is commitment. And I know it sounds like one of the easiest things in the world. And yet, that whole showing up all the time, especially when you don't feel like it, that is something that we have to practice and practice and practice. It is a discipline, okay? It's just like riding. It's not going to just be there. I know for some people it is more naturally part of their their persona, how they are. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's also something that can be practiced. It can be learned. It can be improved and it can be built on. And I think that it's really, really important. What I would suggest that if you're considering going down this route with you and your horse, okay, so you're like, you know what, I have this horse or I'm getting this horse or and I'm going to, I'm going to work on this horse myself. We're going to set ourselves a little bit of a goal. We're going to see if we could do it. I would suggest starting off with like three months or 90 days The reason I say this is, and I've said this all throughout the years, is that three months or 90 days when working with a horse, it's enough time to allow you to see a pretty substantial difference, okay? Like a a, a good improvement in things. But yet it's also a short enough period that if it's not working out, you can change or you can make adjustments or you can, you know, say, that's not working, I'm going back to this or I'm going to try that and still not have the whole year wasted, okay? That it was like, oh no, that didn't work at all. Like we're still, the end of the year comes and you're like, oh, well, we're back to square one. We're still exactly where we were, okay? So I'm gonna suggest do that. Like give yourself this three months or 90 day period, commit to it, and then from there, consistently show up, make the plan for your horse and kind of build that whole trust 
in not only yourself, but also in your skills, your abilities, and in doing so, your horse is actually going to also build trust in you and what you're doing as well, which is going to help you no end at all. Okay, so I am currently right now looking for riders to join me inside of my brand new program. We're going to be starting in early September. Um, if you are interested in joining up, you can go over to stridesforsuccess.com forward slash waitlist. All the details are there. And yeah, I will let you know when it's opened. And I'm just so keen as custard for this one. I have a feeling it's going to be a good one. Okay, I will chat to you soon. Keep well. Bye.